will find you. And I will kill you. Yeah. I am the walrus. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Just been revoked. Open the pod bay doors, Tom. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Because it is my name! I see Dave. Today, Junior? Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Like scary Uh huh. What's your favorite scary movie? The price is wrong, bitch. Welcome to Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. And this week, much like we've been doing for the past, what now, four to five weeks, we are covering episode five of the Falcon and Winter Soldier, the penultimate episode to the show, uh, which still seems to be up in the air about whether or not they're going to do a season two. Uh, So far, I would like to see a season two, just saying that here and now uh but as always i am joined by leslie how's it going leslie i'm good how are you doing all right after our our failed uh attempt uh prior <laughs> to this recording of of us starting a uh, nice little brain fart completely uh, <laughs> but yes uh we we are continuing our journey um i found it very interesting last week not that uh I don't know what necessarily what our fans thought of our review, but our review of the episode seemed to kind of be in the minority uh, uh, from what I was seeing now on social media and on sites. I think I saw about five very, very positive reviews talking about how it was the best episode of the season and how it was great on all cylinders. And then like one review that was in agreement with ours kind of that we've that there were some struggles in the writing area and stuff like that uh so it's going to be really interesting if you guys um you know agreed with our review or uh disagreed please write into the podcast uh, as you know obviously our, our email address is critics at gmail.com i really would like to know what our audience kind of thought about it and uh we can talk about it next week when we cover the um the finale episode but i found that very interesting i don't know if you had any thoughts on kind of our feelings about it versus what others were thinking um i don't know because i i those divisions normally when i see them tend to be between the people who are just like i'm just here to have a good time Versus the people who are like, I'm trying to be a, a real critic. You know what I mean? And yeah. sometimes I kind of feel like we're somewhere in the middle, <laughs> somewhere in the nebulous. Because I'm usually like, I'm just here to have a good time, y'all. I don't care. I'm not that competitive. <laughs> you know, I just want to watch a show and enjoy. And not so much like, I have to prove that I am a real wine sommelier or whatever, <laughs> you know. And like, I know all the terms and all the things. So. Right. Yeah, you know, and I mean, kind kind of that's the whole point of the podcast is not to be overly critical, um, you know, but not also be cynical. Like we want to point out what we find to be the flaws or what things didn't work for us, uh, but not go to the extent that, um, 
you know, just because we had those criticisms that it, we immediately can't recommend it or, or can't ever watch it again or yeah. anything like that. Um, so I found it very interesting because, like, I think for the for the most part, with all of our other reviews, we were lining up with the general perception. And I think this was the first time for us as a podcast to kind of feel like we diverged from the norm from the norm i feel like if it had been based off just like maybe that last scene and you're coming off that hype because like that was like not cool again not cool that captain america killed <laughs> person but it was a really awesome scene right it was really impactful and you're just like on that high like this is great but maybe not thinking about everything else that until you got there you know and that, and that's to be fair like that that does happen i know i've i i I got a uh, criticism because when uh, Rock of Ages came out, uh, I really enjoyed it. And then uh, I knew other people that I'd seen the movie with that didn't really like it. And then I kind of found out afterwards about like what the actual musical was was like and how the story went for it. And so it kind of retroactively made me like dislike some things about uh, the movie version. And so I was having that conversation with someone and they were like, but didn't you love it? And I was like, well, but to be fair, like once I learned how different it was from the source material, I was like that, that affects things. So Mm -hmm. I think we all kind of have that perception when it comes to us, we can go into a movie and like, we, we have that adrenaline high. Uh, and then it's not till after a while, um, we might have more, things that we didn't like about it than we originally that's how it was for me with last jedi because coming out of the theater i was fine i was like this is great but once i had time to think about it that's when it the rot set in (laughs) (laughs) Um, which reminds me um not that it has anything to do with this uh episode of the podcast but it is something i think uh i would like to have a a three-way discussion with you and and pat Um, there is a YouTuber and I have no qualms naming this YouTuber because I think that they have a very interesting, uh, gimmick for how they do their reviews and stuff. Uh, and I'm sure anyone that's listening to this podcast might know who he is, but critical drinker. Um, if you're not familiar, go look him up on YouTube. He's, uh, I believe either British or Scottish. Uh, but he's kind of funny in his reviews. He's, he's a little bit more cynical than, than we are. Um, but he did a fantastic video, uh, discussing canon and why canon is really important. And um, I've, I I think it would be an interesting discussion for us to each of us to like have watched that video and then do uh, a podcast episode on it. Uh, just seeing how each of us feel about the stuff he brings up in it. Cause I think it's, it's something that needs more discussion on. Um, so there's a tease for a future episode. Um, <laughs> But yes, it's it's one of those things where it's like you you get that high from the theater experience and from, you know, you're watching a Star Wars film. And then it's like once the story sets in and everything, it's like, okay, yeah, this didn't quite work. That didn't quite work. Okay, now let me start being critical about it. Um, So, okay, enough preamble here. Yeah, enough preamble. Uh, This episode, I think, is going to be a little bit easier to follow chronologically than uh, than the prior episode. We struggled last Uh, time. So it picks up right right where the episode ended uh, from last week. Uh, Again, before we go too in depth, uh, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, So if you have not watched the episode, please go uh, check it out right now. Um, It's. You've been warned. Exactly. Uh, and one, cause there's one thing that we have, we've talked a little bit about, but I don't think we've talked about it enough. They have done a lot of recreation or throwback scenes to previous cat movies. One we missed, uh, I think, uh, bringing up is Walker and Lamar, uh, bursting through a door and, uh, Walker is holding the shield up and a gun, which is very reminiscent of Captain America First Avenger when he's got the Howling Commandos and they burst through like a barn door and he's got his gun. It's kind of the same stance and, and style. Uh, this one is kind of reminiscent of Civil War, um, yeah. where they have kind of Bucky, uh, you know, trapped at that warehouse or whatever as they're trying to interrogate him. Uh, but you should have uh, Walker and Sam and Bucky all kind of having this very serious discussion about those prior events. Um, I think this was a very good scene. 
discussion. I'm making bunny ears. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it's, it's a very short discussion. It's, it's uh, uh, aggressive negotiations. Yes, uh, it's it's like I commented on a on a video earlier today on YouTube. Uh, what was it? Aggressively motivating is kind of the way. <laughs> but uh, yes, they're you know. This obviously isn't cool that Walker basically just murdered a guy in front of the world, essentially. Right, right. Um, and Sam is trying to kind of talk him down. But as we know, the the effects of the super soldier serum kind of doesn't – it enhances whatever the qualities a person actually has. And we know that John is unstable. Not going to say he's – I think he's going full bad guy. Uh, for the finale, but like, I don't think prior to him taking the role of Captain America that he was a bad guy per se, but I think he's unstable. I think the war uh, in the Middle East had negative impacts on him, and that's what the serum enhanced mm -hmm. uh, was that kind of unstableness, that that anger, that aggression. Um, so we get a really great action scene here. Um, yeah. It's there's I can't say too much about it because it's like, well, it's all action. So it's just based <laughs> up, basically straight up fighting. Uh, but it's very well choreographed. Uh, it's really good to see, you know, Bucky and, and Sam working in tandem against a single foe. Um, mm -hmm. And even that foe kind of standing toe to toe with them, too. Yeah. Uh, now, I thought at first that Walker was choking Sam like he was going to crush his neck. I didn't realize at first that he was ripping the wings off. Yes, uh, which was when he very was first, powerful. yeah, because when he was pinned like that, I thought, well, he's going to choke him, and then he's almost going to die, and then Bucky's going to come. I didn't realize he was pulling the wings off the suit. Yes, um, which of course doesn't really help him because he's still got the thruster, <laughs> right? Um, but my God, how they managed to get the shield away from him, Walker! Finally, uh, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that was a lot of pain. Um, but one thing I think that is missing um, from the follow up to these events is how easily it is that like Sam walks away with the shield. They're not being detained. They're not being questioned by the government. They just kind of get let go. You know, like no one bothers them. Like they're too focused on Walker to really care about Sam or Bucky. And I thought that that was a little too convenient. Yeah, so do you think Torres is going to, like, put the wingsuit back together and be the new Falcon? No, um, I I really don't. I think um, Bucky did that. Um, so to jump ahead but not really jump ahead. Um, oh, well, you think they put the thing back together and it's the he, same? I think he had a new costume put together in the vein of Captain America but also, like, vibranium wings. See, um, I was thinking it was just going to be totally 100% different. Well, so, you know, they, they teased us, obviously. Like, they don't mm -hmm. show us. So we don't know exactly what his new outfit looks like. Right. Uh, but I was reading at the time when Sam became Cap in the comics, and he still had his wings. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm thinking that they're they're going to keep to that. Um, but well, Does uh, that mean it's totally brand new, like, and separate? Like... Torres could have, you know, version one and Sam gets version two. It's possible if they have the ability to put it back together, which I mean, they do. I don't know. I'm just curious. And I just, he was like, what about these? And I'm thinking, Torres, you got wings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Torres, as long as they can do some more developing with him, because I feel like he's a character that we got introduced to at the beginning that may have felt like he was going to be of import. And then he got shuffled to the side. Yeah, uh, quite a bit. See them as much. Um, so yeah, that's that's going to be interesting to see if they take it in that route. Um, and then this is, I, I can't comment too much on kind of the subsequent scene here, because my thoughts on it um, are probably too in line with personal feelings that uh, just aren't meant to be said onto a podcast. Uh, but Sam basically trying to take the shield and give it to Isaiah. I did like seeing Isaiah back, um, but there are certain moments in this scene, uh, certain lines of dialogue that I think was detrimental to, <coughs> excuse me, um, 
detrimental to Isaiah's character or the potential of Isaiah's character. Um, what thoughts do you kind of have? I don't know. Cause I had texted you earlier when I finished watching the episode that for me, the pacing in this episode was all wrong. And I don't know. You said you liked it. I didn't because I felt like we have all this interesting stuff going on. So I felt like it's, you know, when you're in a car and somebody's constantly like to drive and they hit the brakes and then they drive and then they hit the brakes and then they drive and then they hit the brakes. And that was like this whole episode for me because there were some scenes like this one that I felt like, how can the scene not be over yet? And then other scenes that were like, I was like, this is so interesting. And why is it over now? So for me, the whole the whole pacing of this episode was all flip flopped and wrong. Um, yeah, I can I can agree with you probably for the pacing on this particular scene. I will say it probably went on and over long. It did too much. Um, I'll say this about the scene. I, I would have uh, preferred they had flashbacked um, to Isaiah's conversation about uh, rescuing other African-American uh, super soldiers uh, but also the one th- one thing I will mention in here that um, while I get that Isaiah was not happy about hearing the kill order, I, I think also he's not looking at it from an objective perspective of it wasn't just because they wanted to kill these soldiers. It was because these soldiers have special formula in their bodies that you know, if falling into enemy hands could be recreated and can be used against the United States. So I'm not saying I would agree, but I understand the rationale behind the government going, okay, we're going to do this. But I think it would have been more impactful had we seen him kind of in uh, maybe a Captain America-esque uniform rescuing his fellow soldiers from that camp. Um, But it, it did drag on a little over long And I think the next uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's just that this episode to me feels like there's a lot of stuff, a lot of scenes like that, that, that hit the brakes real hard interspersed. So it just kind of felt fatty, you know, like to me, like this episode just felt like a kind of like you said, before we started recording a lot of stuff that should have been in previous episodes or maybe split out a little bit. It just felt like they kind of slapped it all together in this one to me. Like, we have three great ideas, and we want to use all of them, so let's smoosh them all (laughs) together. Well, and I think, uh, because I think this is a criticism, uh, an answer to the criticism we've had in the past few episodes is I think that they're they're trying to wrap up those lingering plot lines. So I think that that's why we're getting, it it may not be done well, but it's why we're getting Isaiah kind of wrapped up in a bow, uh, although I think that Again, I think they've done things that were detrimental to establishing this character and making me want to see more of him um, based off of his personal feelings, whether they're right or wrong. I, I just I didn't quite highlight how the dialogue was worded in there, uh, especially with the impact that it has on Sam, who was looking at him to be kind of a new Steve, uh, someone he can rely on or someone he could use as a mentor uh, or someone who could maybe explain to him what the shield actually means. Uh, but then also, you know, wrapping up things with um, the flag or not the flag smashers, but uh, wrapping up the things with uh, his family, uh, the boat, uh, all that stuff was just to kind of it wrap was, up these lingering thoughts. It yeah. was a lot of, of like, like, to me again, fatty. It was a lot. I liked the family stuff once Bucky showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll we'll get to there because uh, we we do have one, and then this is a scene I think you were talking about where it was like, well, why did that end so quickly? And that's uh, Sokovia, um, oh, going yeah. to Sokovia, and the final confrontation between um, Bucky and Zemo. There's one thing I don't particularly like about this, uh, unless they can do this in a way that redeems it. I think I, I know I've talked about humanizing the villain or um, making the villain more empathetic. I think they might have gone too empathetic with Zemo uh, because I felt by the end of the scene, he was he is a good guy. Like that's that's how I felt about him rather than knowing him to be this evil mastermind in the comic books. Um, they they really humanized him with Bucky uh, and it's part of Bucky's kind of, I think, rehabilitation, too, is Zemo and him are kind of the same 
uh, having this kind of storied past and, and going after this particular thing from their past. Uh, but kind of Zemo's, you know, whole interaction with him, although it's very well done and very well acted again, kudos to Daniel Brew for doing a good job. Um, but I, I, I felt he left there as, okay, I'm going to go to prison and reform, you know? So I'm hoping, (laughs) I'm hoping we get maybe like a tag credit scene at the end of, uh, the next episode that shows him like breaking out of the raft or something. Cause I did like that Bucky fulfilled his promise and the door Milage got, uh, to take him into custody. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but it did feel really quick and very short. It really did. I don't know that I feel like they humanized him too much. Cause I, it, they, I don't know. Well, what am I trying to say? Well, from having seen <laughs> him here, they gave me enough. Like I want to see him more. I want him in a movie again. Okay. But to be like more villainous, I guess, or evil mastermindy or, you know, spider over the web, you know, like I want to, I want more now. Whereas like in civil war, it wasn't that I didn't like him, but I was just kind of like, oh, okay. You know, but like now we've had how many ever episodes with him. I'm like, I really need a lot more, you know, yeah. from him. Now I, the I thing just... that annoyed me about the scene, aside from it being too short, you know, it's just the OCD or whatever. You dropped all those bullets. Did you pick them back up? Did you put them back? I mean, do you waste all of those? Come on, man. <laughs> uh, they're, you know, they're toys for Sokovian children now. Um, but yeah, you know, so I, I mean, I guess like, cause the, I, you know, with, with Zemo going, I'm not going to kill you because you know, you're like basically the last remaining super soldier. Um, the, kind of going in peace, not even struggling, not even fighting. Like I, I, I don't feel any more villain left in him. That's, that's my problem. I don't know because I don't feel like he would have struggled in the first place. I feel like he's, he's like you said, he's a mastermind. He's not right. a muscle guy. So I feel like not that he can't fight. Cause we've obviously seen him fight, but I feel like when you're more of the brain you're the brains and not so much the brawn. It's kind of like, yeah, sure. I'll go with these ladies. I know like he's smart. He knows like those three ladies are there. He's not going anywhere. Like I'll just go with them. And then eventually I'll outsmart them and go off and do something interesting in another movie. Hopefully. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. Like maybe, maybe we'll get a tag scene, um, at the end of next week's episode that will, uh, you know, maybe, be like him breaking out of the raft or, or doing something or having some form of plan for, for something down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just, but at the end of that scene, I felt like, all right, like, yeah, I don't really see him as a villain anymore. I see as him overcoming the, the stuff he needed to overcome in civil war, helping them out in this. It just, he just doesn't feel as villainy as he did in civil war or even necessarily in the first full episode we had him in. Um, Mm. So then uh, we basically go, uh, I can't remember which comes first, but we come to uh, Sam going back home. And we also have Walker going in front of uh, basically Congress. Uh, So we'll just talk about the Walker scene because that's not too, too much. And it doesn't really, this Mm. is the last kind of the last of Walker we see in the episode. Um, So, I, as much as I might dislike Walker, I think his little outburst was very accurate. He was, you know, him saying, you made me to do this job, essentially telling him you, the government made me a killer. What did you expect? You know, and for you to have some form of moral high ground uh, is, is wrong. And, And, you know, of course we got that, uh, department of security guy, whatever the one who, you know, basically betrayed Sam by giving Walker the shield. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like this guy. Uh, and I also <laughs> don't like, um, you know, well, we're going to dis uh, we're going to other than honorably, uh, discharge you and you're not going to receive any benefits. And so like, they've just m- basically made him and his family destitute. Yeah. Uh, I was, and- well, I was sitting there thinking that like knowing what's just happened, the 
I don't like I don't know because I'm thinking why are you having this guy in here at all? Like why aren't you like in a padded cell somewhere right. <laughs> with like a lot of sedation and you know and you're just going to sit here and make him angry and make him more mad and you like hello but you know maybe that's just me. <laughs> right. Um and then we get introduced to um Julie uh, Louis Dreyfus's character of the Contessa, not going to say her full name because it's <laughs> Too now. many. I mean, hell, e- even she says it's too. It's too much. <laughs> um, now, um, so I've read an article saying that her character was supposed to be introduced in the Black Widow film. Whether or not she's still in the Black Widow film, won't know until Black Widow comes out. Um, so we are kind of left, at least in this episode, wondering who she is. So it's my theory she is the power broker. And uh, I go off of that with the fact that her card is blank uh, that she hands to John's wife uh, and the fact that she tells John, um, when I call, you answer, which makes me then believe she is the one who texted Carly back in episode two uh, talking about, you know, you have what I got or what or what I want or whatever, and uh, that this is our mysterious power broker. Um, I. Don't know how to feel about this introduction yet because it's so brief and mm-hmm. we don't know what who she, we don't know who she is. Yeah, I uh, feel know. like if Black Widow had come out on schedule, you know, if all this hadn't happened, if we had seen that movie when we hear her walking up, because I feel like maybe those boots would be a thing or something. Yeah. And we saw her shoes, like everybody watching the show would have been like, oh, there she is, you know, and, and we all would have been like, oh my God. But right. since that didn't happen, we're just like, oh, okay, who's this? Like another character that gets introduced. <laughs> <laughs> um, and from what I, what I did on research, I think she has ties to Hydra. So, I mean, Obviously, she's not going to be a good guy, um, but I'm going off of my speculation that she is uh, the power broker because, uh, you know, that's we still haven't necessarily been introduced to that character yet. Um, we yeah, also but then get, is Sharon working for her then? See, I, I do want to know what Sharon's endgame is, because, yeah. um, one, I don't like how she's been kind of relegated to very, very small roles the past two episodes. This episode like, and last episode. Like, if they were uh, going to introduce her, she should have been in this series. Pretty much right. it feels like, you know, they had her for a day on set, filmed some stuff, and then that was it. It's like she isn't even in here at all. Yeah, it feels like a disservice to Emily Van Camp. Uh, yeah. And, like, honestly, again, my bigger criticism of the MCU after introducing her in Winter Soldier was, like, them not doing much with her. They set some stuff up after Civil War or during Civil War, and then it just, like, nah, you know, she got blipped, and then uh, now she's been living in Madripoor, you know, for for the past year. Uh, But her getting Batroc out of jail and sending him to New York. And then the implication that she was the one behind him doing whatever he was doing in Uh, episode one at the very beginning. I'm like, okay, Sharon, what are you doing? Who are you working for? Somebody you haven't, they haven't explained anything. Is she, you know, on team bad now? Is she team, you know, light, dark? Sith Jedi, <laughs> like, come on, they haven't given us anything. That's another one of my complaints for the show yeah. is that they have filled it with so much. To me, it, it really does feel kind of like a show made by committee, you know, like a camel, a horse made by a committee. We all have all these great ideas, and instead of, like, any having any direction, we use them all, and and it just kind of feels, again, all over the place. And that's that's where I'm hoping um, a season two is in the works, because I feel it like it have to be because I don't know how they can do anything and end this satisfactorily in one episode. Right. Because I feel like this is a lot of uh, seed planting for future plot lines and, and uh, other avenues that they want to explore that they can't ex- necessarily explore in one six episode season. So this is where I'm like, Feige, you kind of need to come out. You're still in the gray area of, well, maybe, maybe not. We don't know. Um, you know, if you can get Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan to continue to do it, and I have not seen any inclination that they want to necessarily leave, um, I, I think you need to get them signed on now for a second season. Um, it's getting back to kind of on the track of the episode, uh, we have Sam obviously going back. Um, 
and, uh, you know, having conversations with Sarah uh, about Isaiah and then um, the kind of great stuff with the boat. Uh, <laughs> like you said, when I did, I did kind of like the scene once they called in, you know, all the markers from their, you know, the friends and uh, that, that his family has helped out over the years. And there's the big, like, I don't know, motor thing on the back of the truck. And like, <laughs> Sam's like, how are we going to get that off of there? And then just poof, and drop down and Bucky's like, there it is. And then he <laughs> drops off the, the Wakandan case. Okay. I like the, the thing with the wrench and you're like, why did yeah. you use the metal arm, man? Like, I'm right handed. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the only way to be uh, right hand. Right hand is the best hand. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it, there, there's a lot of good, you know, just comedic stuff here. Uh, Bucky and, you know, uh, Sarah getting a little flirty and, and Sam picking up on that. And like <laughs> one condition, don't flirt with my sister. <laughs> uh, and then I also loved um, Bucky waking up on the couch and the nephews are playing with the shield. Yeah. And then they're like, they notice he's awake and they, they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> it's like, put it back. Put it away. Put it away. <laughs> um. And then I liked the uh, the kind of the training sequence, them throwing the shield uh, against the trees and, and having the conversation that they have. Yeah, well, and them having that conversation, I think, also really shows why Sam is a really good friend for Bucky to have. Yeah. Having been that that counselor that, like, talks to guys who've been in war and stuff, like, he is the perfect friend for yes. Bucky at this stage in his life. Right. And because, uh, you know, he's you know talking about making the amends and stuff. And I'm assuming that um, what is it was his name, Yuri or whatever. Yeah, um, I feel like we're going to get a really emotional scene. Yeah. I'm probably going to cry. Um, but, yeah, it was it was showing how important that uh, introduction in the Winter Soldier film that Sam did counseling for PTSD and, mm -hmm. and returning soldiers and how that is a good balance for him. Um, and then Bucky providing the good balance saying like, you know, uh, we don't know what, what Steve saw, but that doesn't matter. Like we will never know. And it's only for us to, to do what we can do. And, and uh, I think it was like the, the push Sam needed because the w the one thing we see that uh, kind of counterbalances Sam from John is John wants to just be the ideal cap, right? Mm -hmm. Sam just doesn't necessarily want to be cap, nor does he ever feel like cap can be lived up to, which is probably what makes him the ideal candidate for cap is yeah, it's, it's it's the respect for Steve and, and, and the, the image and the shield is reverent. Whereas for John, it's a status. Yeah. Cause I think, I think definitely the John was focused too much on, I have to be exactly like him Yeah. where, like you said, like Sam, I think is figuring out that he doesn't have to be exactly like Steve, you know, cause I think it's, doesn't he tell Bucky and that, like, stop trying to be, or, or rely on everybody else to tell you who you are. You know, you yeah. need to know who you are yourself. And I think he, that's it. He's kind of figuring out who, who am I, if I carry this shield and what does it mean? Yes. And I will just absolutely love the training sequence, the, the Sam by himself training sequence, uh, the, <laughs> the humor in it with him kind of dodging the shield, not sure how to react to it, but it, it's you. also, but it also shows like, Again, it goes back to the core meaning of, of Captain America with what Erskine was telling Steve before Steve took the serum. A good man. Mm -hmm. Sam's doing this without the serum. And John yeah. thought the shortest route was to take the serum. Yeah, and, to get it. And that's what sh why it's showing that Sam is the best choice. And like this is this is why when, you know, people were so upset at the end of Endgame and they were like, well, why would he pick Sam over Bucky and blah, 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 blah. This show is explaining that choice. It's mm -hmm. showing us what Steve saw in Sam. So even though Sam and, and Bucky didn't know what Steve saw, he's enacting what Steve envisioned. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I really appreciate it for that. And then 
you know, we, we've kind of just rammed right through this episode. <laughs> um, we've kind of gone. Well, there there is the uh, the one other John Walker scene where John visits visits Lamar's family. Yeah. yeah. And um, I don't know what I thought about this scene. Um, other than it was to set John up to be more manic about and angry because he didn't kill the person that killed right. Lamar. Right. And I thought uh, he was going to break at one point when he was talking to them to be like, it was her. You yeah. Know, that's, walk. that's what I, that's what I was assuming uh, was that it was going to be like, well, to be honest, I didn't get the person. And then them going, you need to bring him, uh, bring him or her to justice. And that setting him on his final path. But I guess this works as well. Uh, it just doesn't feel as compelling as it to be a plea from the family. Yeah. Well, I have just like a random thought I was thinking mm-hmm. about, like, as we were going, just remembering last episode and talking about how it doesn't make sense to me with the Flag Smashers that the people who um, had been here already for five years were the ones displaced from the people who came back. So as you just said compelling and that just popped in my head of how much more of a compelling story it would have been if it was flip flopped. Right. And if these are the people who were blipped, who are like, you know, you're acting like we're all still dead, you know, sort of a thing from the flag smashers like that would have been more compelling to me from their story from the beginning. I think we've mentioned that. I think we hit on that and maybe our episode two review a little bit that because we just didn't understand at that time, even like who they were, were they displaced or were they the ones yeah. dis, you know, not displaced? And that's where I, 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 I agree with you. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense again. Like, cause we, like we talked about in the previous episode about, well, you know, if you were legally declared dead for five years, like what do you go about if it's found that you're alive? Like, how do you go about reclaiming certain things like property and stuff like that? Yeah, um, but I'm, again, just like even with jobs, like you, right. you all know I'm a Star Trek fan. Next Generation's my favorite one. When they find Scotty trapped in that, you know, transporter beam. Sphere. Yeah, and, and they get him back on the ship and he wants to be useful, but it's been like a hundred years. Right. You know, like he's been gone. And technology has far outpaced them. Okay, sure, here it's only been five, but to think that I could just walk back into my job with five years loss of knowledge, you know, of of anything that has taken place just doesn't make sense to me. So from the get-go, again, with them having the people who were here displaced from the people who came back, I don't know. It's just very confusing. Well, in speaking, you know, in the instance of our jobs, like we're, we're testing out a new system. And so if we were blipped yeah. and that system got implemented and we came back, we would know, have no idea how to work within that new system. Yeah. You know what whatsoever. And we would be at a detriment to the company uh, because we would not we, we would they would have to spend more time catching us up on five years worth of policies of coverages and and different it's, changes. I feel like it, it would be like a new hire. Yeah. Like I could see them being like, you know, we'll find you an equivalent position and train you back up or something, but not just, I walk right back into my exact position that I have today. Exactly. So I don't know the whole premise of, for them from the beginning has, has been a confusing point for me because it's not compelling to me the way it's set up in the story. Like, I don't really care about them. So you're bringing up what, uh, what I was, was going to bring up regardless is this, they, they have the Marvel villain problem again. Yeah. They've not made a compelling villain out of the flag smashers, no. uh, instead of again, humanizing them to some degree that we could empathize with them, but then also see the errors of their ways, but understand why they're doing what they're doing. Um, and I mean, you can still be understanding and empathetic and also disavow and disagree with. And, uh, she has gone by the end of this episode in New York, she's gone full psycho. I mean, it's, it's no longer, (laughs) it's no longer about the message. It's about Mm -hmm. revenge. And, but that revenge doesn't feel the want for revenge doesn't feel earned. Uh, and then again, what is Sharon getting Batrock to deliver weapons to them? What is that about? You know, like yeah, and uh, and him being there and wanting to kill Sam, right? And like, but she's working with them, so like they have they have done so little for her for this 
I mean, they gave her one cool fight scene, and that's pretty much all they've done for her character this this season. Unless they're, like you said, going to set up a season two. That's the biggest thing for me is you've set up so much in this, and there's no possible way for you to satisfactorily end this for me without it being like a three-hour episode or something. I'm uh, I'm on the inclination, because each episode has gotten progressively longer. I'm expecting Friday's finale to be between an hour and 10 to an hour and 20 minutes long. I could be completely wrong, uh, but there is a lot that they have to wrap up. We have a final showdown between Sam, Bucky, uh, Walker, uh, Walker, Carly, GRC, which, okay. (laughs) Okay. Tell me this. Wouldn't it be a conflict of interest for a U.S. like Department of Homeland Security guy to be like the head of the GRC? (laughs) Because it's like the fact that it's the same guy again, not liking this guy since like pretty much the first episode. As soon as, you know, he gave the shield to Walker, it feels like he has an ulterior motive. You know, the whole well, just although I can't necessarily disagree with this. Because it's like, well, you know, they should probably go back to their home countries because. Yeah, that makes me wonder why. Why are they not in their home countries? Did you like blip back to where you were in that moment? So you happen to be traveling because otherwise I'm confused why they wouldn't be in the first place. Right. If they're if they're like citizens and stuff like that, or if they were legally in the States at that time, even on legal you know, visas that may have expired, obviously, during that five periods. But those people should still be allowed to stay. But if it's displaced people from like they're 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 Syrian, but they're in Germany because that's the nearest like GRC camp or something, then they should probably be going back to Syria and and, you know, repatriating to their country. But but there there seems to be some nefarious motive like I, my guess is our real villain the whole time is going to be the GRC. I mean, Walker and, and, and uh, Carly are kind of those setup villains, but I feel like the GRC, even though they've been this positive <laughs> uh, force as really our, our true villain. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how that wraps up. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm um, I've got, High expectations, I think, for this next episode. I'm hoping it can meet them, uh, but I'm also not 100% confident either. Uh, <laughs> unless, you know, Thursday hits and Feige comes out and says, by the way, season two is going into production this this fall, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Um, so are there any other final general thoughts? This might actually be about our shortest review of... of <laughs> The season, uh, we haven't gone on too many tangents or, uh, you know, nothing crazy, nothing, nothing crazy. And there's still time. (laughs) Well, there is time. Uh, but I don't think that there was anything that was in this episode other than like what you said with your, your issues with the pacing and not so much mine. Yeah. My whole issue pretty much with this is like pacing or editing. Cause I keep trying after I like watch the episode and I'm thinking I didn't like this or that. I like try to, if it was like this, would I've liked it better, you know, and try and figure it out. I don't know if it's just the way it was edited together. Or like you said, maybe some of that family stuff with Sam and the boat and all that maybe should have been earlier on Yeah. or even some of the the stuff maybe that we didn't need, like some of the previous episodes maybe could have been shorter and cut and they could have like expanded out this whole like training montage thing, waiting to hear back while the government's doing its thing, sort of a deal. Like, I don't know, because it, it just it all kind of feels wonky again to me. So far, the whole show has felt like a camel. We have like four or five good ideas and we don't want to waste any of them because we've been told we're not only getting one season. So we try and do all of it and it's just kind of turned out mediocre. Yeah. I, um, and, Oh, I just want to make sure that I emphasize again, everybody's freaking out. It's not, everybody's acting is great. <laughs> Love all the actors. I like the costuming. I've liked all the effects and everything. I like the music, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I like all of it. I'm complaining specifically about the writing, the plot of the story. <clears throat> 
Yeah, I think that that's been, you know, I, I don't I, I'm sure we've hit it, you know, pretty hard that that's been our major uh, issue with the show has been some of the writing, some of the dialogue pacing. Um, I think that, again, how knowing that this is a six episode season and if we are going into the writing room being told, hey, you have six episodes, one season uh, by the end, Sam is the new cap. I would have had him having the shield by the end of episode three, beginning of episode four, uh, because you, that's your halfway mark. Yeah. And so you, you are at the, at the pinnacle of the roller coaster. Uh, you're building up to that climax. And then now you got to be prepared for that down, you know, word hill to, that you're going to be rushing towards that conclusion. And it feels like, I mean, with WandaVision, you know, WandaVision had three more episodes than this. So it had more, room to kind of stretch its legs and get its story going and, and develop its villain and and uh its resolution yeah, this but, and throughout the progression of wandavision though i never felt like lost right know? and i felt like they had a satisfactory ending and i i will agree that you know with the problem that has been suffering for for Falcon Winter Soldier is constantly jumping. We're in this country. We're in that country. We got them doing this, them doing that. Uh, we've got we're following Walker's team. We're following the Flag Smashers. We're following Sam and Bucky. We're following Torres. We're following this. We're following Sharon. We're in Madripoor. Now we're in Germany. Now we're in Latvia. Uh, you know, we're we're going to all these different countries. Now we're back in the states. We're back in in uh, Louisiana. We're doing, we could, we're doing magic time jumps. We're it looks like no time has passed, but apparently yeah. time has passed. Right. Um, so it's it, it's it really has kind of been just burning through the story without taking its time. And maybe if this were a 12 episode season, they would have had that ability to kind of stretch things out a little bit more, explore more of these characters and these ideas. But when you're limited to six episodes, you're limited to six episodes and you can't, unless you know a season two is coming, mm -hmm. you can't be plotting, planning. You can be planting seeds for those other movies that might yeah. be attached to this, but nothing I have felt or nothing I've heard about any upcoming Marvel projects feel like that's what's happening with this with this show whereas we knew with wandavision stuff was leading into doctor strange 2 and a lot of people felt like none of it you know was leaning towards doctor strange and i'm like uh i feel disagree. like all of it was <laughs> yeah like there there's a lot to deal there with with doctor strange it may not have done what you wanted it to do yeah um but it at least but feels this one, this one to me just feels overloaded yeah they tried to do too much there's too much it, with this storyline, we have the Isaiah storyline, we have the Flag Smasher storyline, and we have the Zemo storyline, and we have the Walker storyline, and we get storylines for Sam, and we get a storyline for Bucky, and we get a storyline for Sarah and her kids, and we get, you know, this, and we get that, and it's like, it's way too much for six episodes. They, they threw everything in but the kitchen sink, um, pretty much. Does the boat is, sink is... count? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Um, so, yeah, that, that has been... The major problem, because I think like even though we were kind of high up on our first three episode reviews, we still had that prevailing fear mm -hmm. that they were introducing too much and that it could be a detriment to the the season overall. Again, we'll hold that final reservations for the final episode, because, again, like we said with last week's episode, maybe everything gets tied up with a nice bow. Like, I do feel like. We've wrapped up Isaiah's storyline, even though I don't quite like how it was wrapped up. Um, we wrapped up Zemo a little bit. We too. wrapped up Zemo, uh, the Dora Milaje stuff, uh, Flag Smashers. They've just disregarded, in my opinion, yeah. you know, whatever they were trying to to say with them. Um, Walker's again, Walker, as although we can kind of understand Walker. We don't know Walker's past. And that's something that's still this gray area other than the few stories we hear about him serving with Lamar and his own little tidbits. Mm -hmm. We don't know what Walker did in the war. And I don't want them to take 30 minutes of next week's finale to explore that. Yeah. Uh, I think he's just becoming the shark in Jaws where he's just going to become a killing machine. Uh, I don't know how his, uh, little handmade shield is going to hold up. Um, but 
again, you know, maybe maybe we're chicken little and we think the sky's falling and it's not. Uh, maybe episode six again wraps everything up and we can be like, oh, it all, it, it, you know, it all comes together here, uh, which I'll give them that credit. But if they don't do it, I'm going to call them out on it. Um, yeah. There are some things in this episode, again, like I said, don't want to discuss on it too much, but I felt like they were trying to tear Steve down and tear down Cap himself uh, as an icon. And I don't I don't like that um, because Cap as a character never did the things that I think he was being criticized of in this episode um, by a particular character. I think that they lean too heavily on a particular angle in this episode that it's like, I, I get what you're trying to say, but this isn't, this isn't the place to say, it. um, and this isn't necessarily the way to say it. And, uh, you know, if, if I had been Steve in that room hearing that conversation, I would have slapped a bitch out, you know, basically I just would have been like, I'm sorry, you're not disrespecting me. Like, again, it comes down to the saying of, you don't know me. You don't know my story. I'm not going to judge you because I don't know you and I don't know your story. So don't judge me on other people's bad actions. Um, so again, that's uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I don't have much else left to say. Well, how about you? No. All right. So we're just going to go ahead and move into our final scores. Uh, I'm going to land on a four on this one. I Ooh. know. Yeah, I. I. I have issues with the episode, but I did feel like this did some necessary things for me. I did kind of like the break uh, from some of the heavy action stuff we've had in the past few episodes. I liked kind of going back to some of these previous plot lines and, uh, you know, explore them a little bit further. I really dug uh, Sam's kind of accepting of the mantle. The one thing I will say I did not definitely like was the little tease knew they were going to do it when he opens up the suitcase and it cuts to black. I'm like, you jerks. Cause I want to see the new costume. Um, I was feeling probably like a three on this one. It wasn't enough of an improvement from last time for me. Mm-hmm. Again, it was another one for me that there's like a highlight reel in my head of like, I liked this scene. I liked this scene. I liked this scene, but you know, it was another like, eh, there was a lot of fat. I didn't really care for most of it. So See, probably like a three. This episode of the podcast proves we don't <laughs> always agree. <laughs> so if anyone. Think, well, the problem is, is probably that like I'm normally just like, I'm just here to enjoy myself. <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> right. Well, and I mean, I, I. I, I'm always worried because I, I we don't get um, a whole lot of feedback. Uh, we would love to start getting some feedback from people, but um, we don't get a whole lot of feedback from people about, you know, if if we agree too much on stuff. And I always feel like uh, not just with you, but like with Pat on some of our reviews, we kind of always land right about in the same area. Uh, and when it comes to scores. And so I always fear that people that are listening are like, Oh, they're just going to agree on everything. <laughs> uh, so I kind of like that we have this little if they disparity. Would like to hear something that we do not agree on. You know, should I should I tell them all? Do I know? Ben Affleck's Batman suit. Oh, yeah you you can you can go I to a, a spe- you can go to a special <laughs> place. <laughs> I hate it. You're just not a true comic book fan. I guess. Gosh. I just I'm just not a fan whatsoever. Oh my gosh. Cuz to no. me he looks like a sausage that's about to burst his casing. He's not sexy. Go 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 read Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> um See, we don't always agree on everything. Right. right. Uh I'm sure there are foods you like wait, I know our biggest one. Yeah. You love tea, hot tea, and I yeah. like coffee. Oh, what about? I thought you were gonna say sushi because I love. Uh, sushi. I don't like sushi either. Uh, <laughs> so see, see, we're proving we're proving everyone wrong. We don't agree on everything. Pat likes drinking too much beer, and me not so much. <laughs> I don't like beer whatsoever. <laughs> but give me some liquor, and I'm good. Uh, 
but yes, uh, it's that's always been like just that kind of reigning thought in the back of my head is when people are listening to the podcast are are they always like, man, see, here they go. Another week. They agree. <laughs> They're blah, 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 blah. Uh, but I, I would, uh, you know, anyone listening, please, please write into the podcast. I would really like to hear your thoughts on our, our review of this episode and last week's episode, because I feel like uh you know, uh, maybe more so me in this in this particular episode, because I was seeing a review for um, episode five by like IGN and they were like you. They they felt like there was a lot of just too much different plot lines and, and pacing was yeah. really off. Um, but last week's really struck me odd where we had kind of this harsher view of the episode and, and the writing and we're very critical on the writing and yet everyone was like glowing reviews, best episode ever, blah, 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 riding that adrenaline adrenaline high of Cap <laughs> killing the man. Um, and and so I, I just really want to know, what, what did you guys think? Uh, what did you guys think about the episodes? What have you been thinking about the season? Please write in. We will gladly read it on air and, and uh, you know, it will help spur conversations as well. Uh, we always would like to hear from from anyone listening. in under our previous review episodes so uh, i don't want to keep on talking too much longer just to you know <laughs> fill those long run times but um i think this will be our only episode no double episode release uh this week but i appreciate everyone that tuned into the godzilla versus kong review uh, it's doing pretty well and i uh i appreciate that uh, i know pat and i had a fun time recording it and we totally geeked out and nerded out and um, uh, let me ask you this question, uh, mm-hmm. to, f- to fill in some time here. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to get your opinion. I, I know you're not necessarily like a kaiju movie person or like a big monster movie person or anything like that. But when you're seeing a movie like Godzilla versus Kong, for example, uh, anything that you like, that's, that fits that example. What, what do you think, uh, should the human story be like amazing or should it just kind of be there to move the plot along and then we can get to the big giant monsters fighting in the middle of Hong Kong type of thing. Uh, I think when I think about the, the monster movie like that, it's, it's the get to the monsters fighting. Thing. Okay. Cause I, 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 we agree. Um, you know, <laughs> surprise, surprise, surprise. surprise. <laughs> um, but that, that's one thing Pat and I were discussing last week. And, uh, cause I had seen a reviewer talking about how, the imp- the human story should be good and it should be important. And while I would necessarily agree with that in um, other types of films, like when I go into a Transformers movie or when I even go into a maybe even say a Jurassic Park movie type thing, like I'm not Nothing there to necessarily crazy. see uh, like even Pacific Rim. Like I'm not going in there to see the humans. I'm in there to see giant dinosaurs roaming the earth and maybe killing off a few humans or giant robots fighting, you know, giant monsters, uh, or, you know, giant robots that transform into cars, you know, and stuff like that. It's nice if the human story is like good enough, like it's not terrible, but I wouldn't expect the human part of it to outshine the whole point of kind of why you came there, which was to see Godzilla on screen. Right. Because uh, like the, the the whole point of it is, is you can't have them on screen for two hours the whole time. Budget. Right. <laughs> you know, budget would be insane to do that. Uh, so, you know, you've got to have that human element there to kind of fill in those moments before you get to those big fight scenes. And I just I think that if you're going in with the expect expectation that that human story has to be amazing, you're going in there with maybe the wrong expectations, but uh, I, I was just that's kind of a thing. I wanted to see what your, what your thoughts were on. Um, so, okay, guys, I think that's going to do it this week. Uh, as always, we appreciate you listening. Um, and if you uh, are not following us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at critics NT cynics, uh, or you can follow us on Facebook at critics, not cynics podcast. Uh, we are on pretty much every podcasting app, uh, Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Audible, Google Play, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasting. Uh, and as always, we'd appreciate it if you would leave us a rate and review. Helps kind of get us out there. More other people find us. Um, you know, we're always in the process of improving and 
Uh, we want to, you know, deliver a great product to you and we hope you're enjoying. I think this with what we're recording right now and how we're getting Leslie on Skype is better than probably our last couple episodes have been since we've gotten <laughs> this new mic. Um, so we hope you appreciate that. Uh, and yeah, right into the podcast at critics, not cynics at gmail.com. We would really like to hear from listeners and, and get your guys's thoughts. We'd love to read them on air and, uh, we want to build a community and we want to build uh, kind of a network of people who are also like us where, you know, yeah, you can find some things you don't like about a film, but, uh, there are other things that you can enjoy about them while still having those criticisms. So, uh, look forward to our finale review of the Falcon and winter soldier, uh, next week. I'm excited and also apprehensive because who knows <laughs> if it's going to live up to expectations, if it's going to wrap up our storylines or not. Uh, but that is to be continued next week. We'll talk to you guys next time.